0: Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, functional nutritionist, thyroid and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back finally, then let's get started. Today, I have a very special guest. I am just blessed to have him on. And he will be talking about one of your very top concerns, which is fatigue. So I know I got your attention with that word. Chronic fatigue. You're tired all the time. That's what I hear from you guys. You're tired. You're tired. So that's what we're going to be diving into in today's podcast. So let me do a formal introduction. This is my good friend, Evan Hirsch. Dr. Evan Hirsch. He is a world-renowned fatigue expert and is the founder and CEO of the International Center for Fatigue. He suffered with fatigue for five years before he achieved resolution using the Fix Your Fatigue program that he pioneered in his medical practice. And you know, it's pain to purpose with all of us. We all go through something so we can then help you. Through his best-selling book, podcasts, and online programs, he has helped thousands of people around the world optimize their energy naturally, and he is on a mission to help one million more, which I love. He also helps licensed functional medicine providers transition to a successful virtual practice so they can have more impact, more success, and a greater quality of life. Who doesn't want that? He is board certified in integrative medicine, and when he's not at the office, you can find him singing musicals, dancing, and playing basketball with his family. So Evan, thank you so much for your time and for coming on the podcast today.
1: Amy, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So this is such a great topic. You and I talked a little bit before, but fatigue is a big one for my thyroid patients, for my listeners that are suffering with thyroid disease. So, can you just start off by? Well, I want to hear your story. Your five years of struggling with fatigue. So, tell us that first.
1: Yeah. So, I started my family medicine residency. I moved out to Olympia, Washington. I had gone to medical school and undergrad in Ohio. And I met my wife about a month in, and we fell in love. And three months later, she couldn't get out of bed. And she had fatigue for about three years. And at that point, I didn't know anything about fatigue. I was doing family medicine. I was already interested I was already board certified in holistic medicine, so I was already interested in more of this stuff, but I didn't know much. And so I was asking my practitioner, all my attendings and everybody in the hospital and it was the usual it's thyroid or it's liver issues or lung issues or heart issues, you know some more of the severe stuff could be Epstein-Barr virus, but really not much help. And so we found a naturopath and Stacy, who, who also didn't know a lot. And Stacy read um, Adrenal Fatigue by James Wilson, which was very helpful. She started on some supplements. We got a sauna. She started working on her emotional health. And three years later, she was mostly better.
0: Three years. Wow. Three years. Okay.
1: And then we got married. We had a child. I started my business, I graduated from residency, started my business, and then a couple of years later, I had 10 employees, 4000 square feet of office space, really, you know, wonderful functional medicine practice, and I just you know, slowly going downhill until I crashed and my brain fog was so bad I couldn't remember the patient sitting in front of me. I had to keep hiring people to do my job, whether it was a practitioner, or an assistant, or whatever. And I could barely stay awake for a couple hours a day. My energy was just crashing throughout the day until finally, and I couldn't help out at home. That was the hardest part, was that I got this new kid who I couldn't play with. She's like, daddy play with me, I couldn't. And then my wife is just getting over her fatigue and she's like, hey, can you help out with the kid? Can you help out with the dishes? And I couldn't, and I felt incredibly powerless. I felt shame and guilt. I felt like I was a bad person, a bad doc. I couldn't figure this out, you know, Like I was, um, I, I, yeah, I couldn't even help myself. How could I help others? Right. And so I finally decided that enough was enough and I was going to find the cause, the root cause. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that there were 10 different categories of causes and I had to find every single one of them. And I had pretty, I had almost I had like 90% of all of the causes that I have found to date. And I had to remove them one at a time in order to be able to achieve the energy that I have today.
0: Wow. That's quite a journey. And the fact that both you and your wife got hit with this is, you know, kind of like a godsend because it led you down the path that you're on now to help so many people. But that's just crazy that you and her both got hit with this crushing fatigue. So when you got to the root cause, just like functional medicine does of your own, what did you find?
1: So I found that I had adrenal gland dysfunction. I had thyroid dysfunction. I had testosterone deficiency. I should say deficiencies and dysfunctions about the same. Yep. Um, I had mitochondrial dysfunction. I had, you know, I was doing everything that I was supposed to do from a lifestyle standpoint. I was already, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free. I wasn't, you know, my mindset wasn't great. I had negative emotional patterns that I had to work on. That's a big part of our program. Mm -hmm. I had neurotransmitter deficiencies. I had heavy metals, chemicals, molds, lime, Bartonella, Epstein-Barr virus, electromagnetic field distortion. I had like everything, Everything. which we're going to talk about today for the most part. So I had to, and I, it's like nails in the bottom of the foot, like after you get a couple nails out, then all of a sudden you make a big jump in your energy, you know, and, and, uh, that's, that's what I found is that I had to get rid of all those nails in the bottom of my foot.
0: Wow. That's a lot. So I want to ask you of all of those, what's the most important, but there's probably not a most important, is there?
1: There's, uh, it's a good question. I would say that infections are the most important. In me, and then also what I've seen in other people as well. And there's a lot that goes into actually treating and being successful treating infections. But I found that everybody who has fatigue has at least one infection.
0: So, obviously, I see a lot of co-infections with my thyroid patients, Epstein-Barr, Lyme, Bartonella, everything that you say, you know, mold toxicity. So, when you're dealing with those, just tell me more about these chronic infections and their symptoms, how people can, you know, kind of check the box or should they get tested for all of them? Just kind of deep dive into those chronic infections.
1: So, let's start with testing. So, all tests are imperfect including these Lyme tests and Lyme co-infections. And when we say Lyme, we're also talking about the co-infections as well. Mm -hmm. All tests are imperfect. Now, What's The reason why that is the case, and there's a couple different ways that you can test for these infections. One is called the serology. So you're looking at the immune system's reactivity to an infection. Now, the challenge with that is that if you have an intact immune system, then that test can be helpful. If you don't, you won't. And the reality of the situation is, is that if you have infections, you most likely have one of the following, heavy metals, chemicals, or mold toxicity. And if you have, because that upends the immune system and hijacks it off into left field and allows these infections to become opportunistic. So by definition, then the immune system isn't functioning well and that serology test is not going to work. Now, another way that you can test for these infections is going to be to look at a PCR test or basically a DNA test of the infection where you're looking directly at the infection. Now, the challenge with that is if you do a PCR test in the blood or if you do it in the urine, if the bug is not there, you're not going to find it right? And so oftentimes these bugs are embedded inside of our tissues, in our joints, in our organs, soft tissue, elsewhere. So that's why that that test is not great. Now you can provoke that test, which basically means if somebody exercises for 30 minutes or they get a lymph massage, you can dump a bunch of these bugs into the bloodstream and then collect them in the urine. So that is the best test, but it's a $650 urine test. Right. Now the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta have said that these infections are, can really be clinical diagnoses. That based off of your symptoms, you can determine for a large part which infection you have. Okay. So we can dive into those. Should we do that?
0: Yeah, definitely. Let me pause you on the testing so I don't forget. So when you say PCR, I think of the GI map stool test because it has, you know, the PCR and it looks into the opportunistic infections and autoimmune triggers, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that we could use to, I've just been using the GI map for about six months. So I'm by no means an expert in the GI map. I find it fascinating, but in your opinion for these co-infections, these infections that are embedded in the tissues is that even reliable
1: um not for those infections right okay. so it's going to be okay for some of the infections in the gut because it is a stool test and so it's it's going to be best for looking at yeast and bacteria yeast it's still hard to pick up so it's mainly for bacteria it's not great for parasites but no test is but i think it is the best test out there
0: okay all right thank you for covering that so now yeah going into the symptoms
1: yeah, and, well, and actually, before we go into symptoms, I'm just going to say right quick. So, it's more than just a tick bite. You can get these infections by anything that that is swapping um, any sort of bodily fluids or blood. So, you know, tick bite is taking you know is biting one animal and then biting the human. You get the same thing with mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. You get the same thing with biting flies or sandflies or chiggers. You can get it with a transfusion. You can get it with kissing somebody, vertical transmission from mother to child through the placenta. So a lot of things that people consider, oh, this is actually a hereditary. My parents had this. I had this. You know, it may not be genetic. It might actually be from an infection or some sort of toxicity that's been passed through the placenta. Mm -hmm.
0: And they're saying now Lyme can be sexually transmitted, just like you said, passing a bodily fluids.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this is the reason why my wife and I both got sick. So we kid ourselves, we kid each other, like, you got me sick, I got you sick, you know, that sort of thing. She said, yeah, because as soon as we got together, and this is not uncommon at all. If I ask a couple, if they're both not doing well, and I ask a couple, like, you know, when did you start getting sick? Was it around the time that you guys got together, around the time you guys got intimate? The answer is yes. Oh
0: my gosh, this is blowing my mind. This is, okay, I guarantee you people are at home having light bulb moments right now listening. So this is fantastic.
1: And the symptoms are different. So as we're going to get into some of these, like you might find that you have particular symptoms. Like if we talk about Bartonella, pain on the bottom of the feet and muscle cramps, like maybe you have pain on the bottom of the feet, hard time sleeping, thyroid issues, but your partner gets muscle cramps at night and that's all they get. Yeah. They just, it's just going to be manifesting in a little bit of a different way. So let's, uh, let's talk about symptoms. Let's talk first about Borrelia. So Borrelia is Lyme disease, it's AKA. Borrelia burgdorferi. And you can't have Borrelia unless you have two symptoms. So the first one is you have to have symptoms that move around the body. So whether it's joint pain, muscle pain, or nerve pain, it has to go from like, let's say this joint in the shoulder to, you know, a couple of days to a couple of weeks to a couple months later, then it's in the knee or vice versa or whatever, you know? So it's just kind of moving around the body Mm-hmm. Okay. Very few things do this. So that's the first symptom. The second one is you need to have symptoms that come and go. So it's usually some days are better than others. They're not great, but oftentimes you'll have really bad days every once and again. And usually the sign of this is that you are hesitant to schedule a, an appointment with anybody because you don't know what the day is going to look like.
0: That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. You nailed it there. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Then the next, the, the next infection that's commonly found is Bartonella. So this acutely, or if you get scratched by a cat, it's called cat scratch disease, where you're going to get really big lymph nodes under the armpit or wherever you got the wherever near the scratch, and then you'll get uh, high fever. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is more of like a chronic condition, which oftentimes you're going to get a, a combination of the following symptoms could be body pain, muscle pain, usually misdiagnosed as, as a fibromyalgia, neck pain, migraines, hard time sleeping, whether it's falling asleep or staying asleep, anxiety or depression, pain on the bottom of the feet, usually misdiagnosed as plantar fasciitis. Sometimes this might just be a sensitivity on the bottom of the feet. It doesn't have to be like burning pain, but some people have that burning on the bottom of the feet. And then muscle cramps, usually in the calves, usually at night. Sometimes they'll go away with water or a banana, potassium, magnesium, Mm -hmm. but it still doesn't mean that you don't have Bartonella. You can still potentially have it. And then thyroid. And then Bartonella striae or kind of like this stretch mark appearance, which people will be like, I didn't have any sort of weight fluctuations, but I have these weird stretch marks and they can be on the back of the leg, you know, on the flank, wherever. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about the thyroid, just to do an aside, is that the only time that I've ever been able to get people off of their thyroid medication is actually by treating Bartonella very quick, funny story is I was treating somebody. I just learned about Bartonella. I started treating somebody for it. And she calls me up after hours and says, you know, Hey, I feel like my heart's jumping out of my chest. I feel like I just drank a pot of coffee. Um, I can't sleep. And I and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, Oh my gosh, what did I do to this person? And I said, when was the last time you felt this? And she said, when I had graves, So Graves' hyperthyroidism. She had she was hypo. So she had low thyroid and she was on thyroid medication. I was like, well, if you're hyperthyroid, let's just drop your thyroid dose. So we slowly started taking her down off of her thyroid dose until she didn't need any more thyroid medication. And she was probably on like, I don't know, 120 milligrams of armor thyroid. So pretty hefty dose. Right. But that kind of, and I finally like 50% of the people who have Bartonella and have thyroid issues and are on thyroid medication, we're able to take down their thyroid medication either completely or to a significant percentage down. And it's because Bartonella loves the thyroid. And when you start killing it, all of a sudden thyroid turns back on, then you don't need as much thyroid hormone.
0: Wow. That is fascinating. Cause I, I know, I mean, I can think of a few patients already, that and it's just that pattern. It's not that we're in the process of optimizing them and going up in the thyroid medication to find their perfect dose, it's that they've been on a really good dose and good men and they have felt great and they're coasting along fine. And then, just like you said, they're getting these hyper symptoms. So it's like, well, wait, what? Oh, you were doing fine. So that's yeah, that's fantastic.
1: And that's, you know, that's always the question too. If somebody's sitting pretty and they've got their dosing dialed in and it's like, if you're doing well, do you really want to upset the apple cart? I mean, we always want to go for like, what's the underlying cause, yeah. but if all things are copacetic, like you may just want to leave well enough alone, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: So then the next bug that I talk about, maybe talk about two more bugs is Babesia. So Babesia is the North American malaria, and it's called that because it's, it's, it's intracellular, so it goes inside the cell, but then it causes a lot of sweating. And increased heat in the body, so these people are usually the hottest person in the room, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, it's uh, it's it's why is it so hot in this in this uh, environment?" And they're always telling people to turn up the AC and turn down the heat. Um, sometimes they're outside in 30 degree weather, shoveling in in a t-shirt, and then they have spontaneous sweating. And so sometimes the sweating is during the day sometimes it's at night and it's usually cyclical so maybe it's once a week maybe it's once a month every other day something like that Um, oftentimes people also have awful sleep they'll have really bad mood issues so anxiety to the point of panic attacks Mm -hmm. depression to the point of suicidal thoughts and then they'll have a shortness of breath or some sort of lung issues where they might have a, a chronic cough or some sort of lung tickle or it seems like they've got bronchitis all the time Now, you don't have to have all those symptoms, but just kind of having a couple of those can indicate that, yeah, Babesia might play a role. Now, the other thing that's important to remember is that most of the time when you have an infection, you have more than one infection. And so sometimes people will have a combination of these three infections. And that's what I call Bortonesia which is a combination of these three infections. You know, we know that these infections get into the biofilm or these hiding places in the body, and they swap DNA and they form these long infections, which make them even harder to treat. So sometimes it's kind of that, that sort of combination picture, which can make things more challenging.
0: Wow. Okay. So a little personal story. I'm always hot. Always hot. Mm-hmm. I have the AC on now. I got a fan blowing on me. I'll set it at 66. I really want it at 64, but I'll settle and and compromise (laughs) at 66 degrees. And I'm the one that's out in 30 degrees with shorts on. So finally, I I, I test myself because, you know, we do this on patients all the time. And I, I don't have fatigue. I had no real reason to test except to say, I test everybody else. Why not look at myself here? So, um, I tested myself for Lyme, Epstein-Barr, that came back positive, but dormant, not surprising, and Babesia came back positive. <laughs> so now you're saying this to me. I'm like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> me. You just nailed it. So interesting. Yeah. Time pieces the t- together for me.
1: Right. What was the test that you did?
0: You know, it was my nurse practitioner that ordered it. So I have a nurse practitioner part of my team. And, um, I, I just said to her, I'm like, you know, all that stuff that we order on everybody else, can we do it on me? And literally when i when we got the results back, I said, what even made you put this in? Because I don't see this. If you request this from even a conventional doc, that's a little bit more forward thinking. Like there's another doc that I work with that he, he is into Lyme. I mean, he's a Lyme guy, so he'll do the full panel, but, um, I don't even know what made her test this. It was crazy out of the blue, and I'm like, "Well, there, there it is. I'll, I'll send you my results." So,
1: yeah. So your symptoms have now been corroborated with your lab test, which is always <laughs> yes, nice.
0: They have been, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. So then, so then the last one really is. I mean, there's a couple of other ones, but Epstein Barr is the other one. You know, where sore throat. Um, large lymph nodes, usually under the jaw, and fatigue and malaise. But sometimes you don't have the large lymph nodes or the sore throat, and it could be Epstein-Barr or HHV-6 or cytomegalovirus. So there's a number of other viruses. And now you throw in the COVID and it's, um, which is a beast in its own right that we can talk about as well. we just launched our first long haulers program to incorporate that into our fatigue program. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a couple of long haulers from my patients that had COVID. So yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, but that's that's it generally for the infections that we take a look at. And then, of course, there's some in the gut. But those are kind of the stealth infections. And those are the ones that I see really shift the needle significantly for a lot of these folks who have these symptoms. Now, what's important to remember when we talked about the immune system and having an intact and functional immune system is that in order to get these bugs back into balance, because most of the time these bugs are are in balance with us. And it's only when we've got a certain number of stressful hits that all of a sudden they become opportunistic, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we're addressing heavy metals, chemicals, and molds as well to make sure that we can actually go after these infections and be successful. Because if we're not successful, or if you've seen Lyme docs or whatever, and you're not successful, it's because there's something else going on. So you just have to make sure that you're addressing all of those things. So the immune system can help you get rid of these infections. And then the COVID one is really interesting because it's kind of a combination of all of the symptoms that we just talked about, you know? And so the question is, well, first off, the question has been, if you get COVID and then eight months later, you still have these weird symptoms, is that because the immune system has been triggered and it's still triggered, but there's no live virus or is there still live virus? Right. And there was a study that was done that looked at people who got covid got over it. And then four months later, they did intestinal biopsies and they found that 50% of those people had live virus. So 50% of people who don't have symptoms anymore have live virus. You can bet that near 100% of people who have symptoms still have live virus. So it's very much like Epstein-Barr, where it's you know reactivating. It's also you know the the testing is not great. It likes to hide. It's hard to find it, and then it's also operating as a biofilm disruptor, where it's breaking up the hiding places of some of these other infections. So we'll find that sometimes we're treating. Um, COVID and we're able to get rid of some of these symptoms, but then we need to go after some of these other infections that have been unearthed with the COVID.
0: Yeah. So that's where you're seeing the, the long hauler that like, I, I'm, I'm getting people saying that they think they're getting Alzheimer's because right. they can't think their, their, yeah. their brain has stopped working post COVID.
1: Right. Yeah, it's awful the way that, you know, this virus just kind of takes over and is using all the machinery that you actually need for your own function.
0: So what are you doing with them? Same thing, just using that innate immunity, bring up the immune system's function, test for everything else?
1: Yeah, well, it's it is a combination. So a lot of what's what's not happening is that directed therapies are not being used. So sometimes sometimes people aren't even going after the virus. So there are some conventional medications, you know, ivermectin is now being used and some of these other ones, quinones, not Mm -hmm. quinones, but the um, hydroxychloroquine, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of these other things, which are actually anti-malarial or Mm anti-parasitic, you know, some of the, uh, there's some prescription antivirals as well, but a lot of folks, and especially in the conventional environment where they don't have either access or a lot of knowledge around these things they're they're just using they're just using kind of like band-aid approaches so here's an antihistamine here's tylenol yeah you know you know just rest and you'll get over it eventually and so using you know everything that I do is natural because I'm a coach I operate across state lines even though I have an MD that's how I operate in order to help more people and so everything that we do is 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 natural and herbal based so we use herbal combination We're looking at everything that's been supportive for SARS-CoV-1 and other coronaviruses Mm -hmm. in order to be able to tailor the process and be more specific for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. So we go after it, but we also have to go through our four-step process that I'm sure we'll get to in a couple of minutes Mm -hmm. where we have to open up the detoxification pathways. Otherwise we'll be like, you know, this new client who I just got from Sweden, she tried a bunch of herbs and nutraceuticals, and she had so much die off. So she felt yeah. like crap. Yeah. And so she skipped a very important step. So we have to make sure those pathways are open. And then we also have to make sure and remember that it's not just about this virus. It's about all the you know the other infections and then all these other causes that have to be addressed as well in order to be able to bring people back to their original, if not better state.
0: That's wonderful. At least there's hope. So you're actually giving people hope
1: For that
0: sure. and, and through a natural process, they don't have to. It's not like we have the listener sitting there saying, Well, my doctor's not gonna do any of the seven. My doctor's not gonna be on board. Doesn't matter. You Doesn't operate matter. across state lines, yep. do it naturally with success.
1: Right. So yeah, yeah they go don't, they into don't need your what's that? They don't need their doc, fortunately.
0: Oh, they don't need it. No. Good. So go into your four-step fix your fatigue system that, that you use to treat the causes of the fatigue.
1: So the first step is all about the causes. So step one is assessing the causes. So what I found is that of those 10 causes, 75% can be determined based off of symptoms alone. Which okay. is super cool because exactly. you can go through step one, you can print out the workbook, start working through it, and an hour later, you're going to know 75% of your causes, and then you're going to know the 25% that you need to spend money on for labs.
0: Exactly. I was going to say, you just save them hundreds, if not thousands, on labs, especially right. functional labs. They're like astronomical. Right. Right. For
1: sure. And so then step two is once you get those causes, then it's step two through four is fixing those causes, right? So step three is actually boosting the deficiencies. So big picture, this process is actually all about step four, which is removing the toxins, heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections, allergies, negative emotional patterns, electromagnetic fields. It's all about those guys. But in order to be able to get there, if we don't want to feel worse during this process and not be successful, we have to make sure that we boost the deficiencies first, boosting adrenals and thyroid and mitochondrial function and working on our lifestyle habits and neurotransmitters. So we have to boost those in order to be strong and resilient and feel better now. And then step three is opening up the detoxification pathways. So this basically means... When we go into step four, if we're going to grab an infection or a heavy metal or a chemical or mold and bring it into the bloodstream and we want it to get out of the body, you cannot do that unless all of these pathways are open. I see them as like a series of tubes. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're, you've got a bowel movement twice a day. You have to make sure that liver pathways are open. Kidney pathways are open. The lymph, which is the garbage system of the body, those pathways need to be open. And then the glymphatic system, which is the brain lymph, needs to be open as well. So that as like a tube, you're dumping this stuff in as you're kind of cleaning it out so that you're not kind of dragging some sort of toxin into something that's already full. Guess what happens? It just goes into another compartment. Right.
0: That's a beautiful way of explaining it too. I think listeners can definitely picture that you know i love i love analogies and pictures so you can picture it just a bunch of tubes mm-hmm. and you have to open each one
1: right
0: yeah and how many times do you see even liver enzymes elevated now you they, people could still have a, a sluggish liver and not have liver enzymes elevated but a lot of times they are and you know that that's that's a big big clog in the tube right to be addressed yeah
1: Yeah. Those liver enzymes are indicating liver cell death. So those liver cells are exploding and releasing their crap into the bloodstream and then you're picking it up. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's definitely lots of liver congestion that can be from infections as well. Anaplasma or, you know, you can get a hepatitis from a number of these different infections that can cause that sort of picture. But yes, that's, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Okay. So kind of circling back to something that you said earlier that really caught my attention that you in your practice deal with those negative thought patterns and you know when you were talking about the brain being clogged the glymph system I that's immediately what I thought because I have that in my practice too where we have a mindset coach that deals with those negative thought patterns because that can keep you sick so how do you incorporate that into where, where does that fall in the four stages do you address that first or do you kind of save that after we open up the detox pathways, and then we're going to work on your mindset and clearing out those negative belief patterns.
1: So the first thing that people do when they come into the program, I guess, besides doing their their step one and assessing their causes, is they start retraining their mindset going through the program. They get one-on-ones with our health coach, one-on-ones with our nervous system retraining coach, who's trained in something called NARM, which is a neuroaffective relational model for trauma. And so that, they get six visits with that person, six visits with the health coach. And then the mindset stuff that I take them through is all about gratitudes and visioning and looking at their limiting beliefs and switching them over to empowering beliefs, figuring out what sort of disempowering questions are they asking themselves and ask themselves more empowering questions. And doing that, what I call the daily mindset practice, doing that every single day mm-hmm. so that you can use through neurosculpting, you can retrain the brain to think in a more positive way.
0: Fascinating. And yeah, you just landed on so many things that I see in my practice with with the mindset. I mean, just how how we talk to ourselves, how people talk to Mm. themselves. I mean, that alone can keep you stuck, like literally just stuck where you are. So when we talked before, you talked a little bit about a level one problem now, this might be you know, going backwards in our conversation a little bit, but can you explain to the listeners what is a level one problem and then what are the three levels of fatigue?
1: Sure. So a level one problem is a fatigue problem that can be fixed by changing your lifestyle. So let's say you're eating crap and you're not sleeping well, you're not drinking water and you're not moving at all you fix those things. You go paleo, you're starting eating meat and veggies, you get rid of grains and gluten and wheat and and dairy, and you start moving more. So you get yourself a pedometer and you're, you're getting your 10,000 steps a day. And then you start drinking three liters of water a day and you start going to bed at 10 o'clock and you're getting eight hours of sleep a night mm-hmm. and you fix your fatigue. That's a level one problem. If you do all that, and your fatigue is still not fixed, then you have a level two or a level three problem. Now, a level two problem means that you replace the deficiencies. Remember when I was talking about those 10 categories of of causes, deficiencies Mm -hmm. and toxicities, right? So you fix those deficiencies and you fix your fatigue problem. That's a level two problem. If you still have fatigue at that point, it means you have a level three problem. And these are the people that we see who've seen lots and lots of doctors been through the ringer. They've got medical trauma from people telling them that they're crazy, right? Unfortunately. And so that's, that's where we're looking at. It was, you've got a problem where you've got these toxicities that need to be repaired, remedied.
0: That is where we see them. We see them at level three where they're just frustrated and they've been told by umpteen million doctors that they're normal. You're just getting older. You're, you know, this is normal. You're just getting older. You're going to be tired. You know, it's cool, right? Oh my goodness! I think honestly, we could talk about this forever because it's such a prevalent problem. So before I let you go and wrap this all up, I do want to touch on something that you said earlier that also piqued my interest. This whole conversation has piqued my interest. You said for yourself, you had to fix testosterone deficiency. And I talk a lot about, you know, thyroid and hormones and the sex hormones all going together. I just talked yesterday on the importance of testosterone for both men and women in terms of mental clarity, mood, energy, obviously libido, stamina in the gym, motivation, weight loss, the whole deal. What do you do with your patients? Do you use hormone replacement therapy or do you bring that up naturally as well?
1: So what I found is that there's this beautiful dance that exists between the adrenals, the thyroid, and the testicles in men or the ovaries in women, right? The mm-hmm. sex hormones. So everybody's got to be participating in the dance and well-supported in order to help everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And if somebody steps out of the dance, they leave the other two holding the bag and they get compromised, yes. right? So what I find, and this is the order that I kind of do things because Oftentimes there's there's a natural fix that ends up happening is that I start off by supporting the adrenals. And then I start off by supporting the mitochondria, which actually helps the adrenals. But then those two things, the adrenals and the mitochondria, actually help thyroid function, right? Improve thyroid, the amount that's being produced, and then the amount that's getting into the cells. And then all of those, that combination is end up ends up in, um, improving sex hormone function. So sometimes I need to support testosterone and the other sex hormones by utilizing some different natural products or plants or whatnot, creams and lotions and capsules. But sometimes it actually just fixes itself. Okay. You know, by, by going in that direction. The other thing too, which is really interesting is that mold is a huge cause of testosterone deficiency, Mm -hmm. especially when I've got a 20 or 30 or 40 year old man in my office, you know, and it's just kind of going off if they're like, they've got low testosterone, they've got all these symptoms. It's like, bam, there's a, there's a big mold problem here.
0: Right. Yeah. Test the thyroid, test for mold, test. Yeah, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Gut
0: health, all of it. Yeah, because you shouldn't you should not be 20 or 30 or even 40 and have a test of 250. It's not good.
1: Right. (laughs) Big red flag.
0: Big red flag. Oh, Evan, this has been so amazing. And you know, what you're giving to um, my listeners is is fantastic. You're gonna give them a free PDF download of your number one best-selling book that has helped thousands of exhausted humans resolve their fatigue and achieve more in their lives. So thank you so much for that. We're going to put the link in the show notes so you can download that. That was so generous of you. Thank you.
1: Happy to support your tribe.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And is there anything you want to summarize or leave with the listeners?
1: I think the most important thing for folks to remember is that, you know, hope is not a four letter word. I guess it is a four letter word, but hope you have to Hopefully this has conveyed some hope for you, you know, that no matter where you're at, you know, functional medicine and finding all of your causes is going to get you to where you need to go. You just need Mm -hmm. to, you know, one step at a time, get that mindset, right. Make sure that you're taking these baby steps every day, making sure you're asking the question, what is the one thing that I can do today to improve my health? Instead of thinking, gosh, why is this happening to me? Or why does my life suck? right? Those aren't going to be serving you at all. So you got to retrain that brain and just continue to move forward and and you'll be successful.
0: It's funny that you say hope because you can't see it. I kind of moved the camera in so we could both fit on the screen. But right behind me, I have a little plaque that says hope. That's my main message. That's my message all the time to my listeners is you have to have hope Mm -hmm. because that will get you to that next step. That will help you make that call that you've been kind of holding back on and not wanting to take the plunge and not wanting to, "Eh, you're not quite sure if that person can fix me or not. You're not quite sure if you have the answer or not. If you have that hope, that's just going to drive you forward.
1: Yeah. And you just, you have to find a mentor. Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to kiss some frogs in order to meet a prince or princess, right? Like, but every single person that you work with, that you resonate with, that feels good, that, you know, like you're going to continue to improve. Maybe this person teaches you about you've got heavy metals and this person is an expert in mold and this person expert in lime, Mm -hmm. you know? And so so you're addressing all of these things. You just have to continue to, to move forward and to find a mentor. Like if you want to learn how to play piano, What do you do? You get a piano teacher.
0: Yeah. Right. You're not going to hire
1: a tuba player to teach you how to play piano. Right. So you want to make sure that you're going with somebody who is a specialist. You got thyroid issues. You're hiring Amy. You got fatigue issues. You're hiring me. You know, whatever it is that is your main issue, that's You just follow somebody who's got a proven system. It's got a lot of really great results. You know, you've got, they've got videos, they've got testimonials that you can see to see that they're going to be able to help you.
0: Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So like you said, Evan, if they want to work with you, we're going to put all of your information in the show notes. It's fixturefatigue.com. You have a podcast as well, so they can subscribe to that binge a little bit, learn more about all, everything that you talked about today, expanded into individual, I've already binged, so individual podcasts on mold on, um, you did one on the long hauler. So I recommend everyone go and subscribe to this podcast as well. And we'll have all of that in the show notes for everyone. So once again, thank you so much for joining us, Evan. I appreciate it so much.
1: Thank you for having me on Amy. It was a blast.
0: Very cool. See you soon.